we're starting a new series. It's going to last a month. It's called Gospel Partners. We're going to talk about how we fit into God's plan, um, and, and that's going to break down into kind of like two weeks on gospel, two weeks on partners. So I'm going to ask you for a favor. If you've got a Bible, I want you to open up 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, also, we, we love it when folks take notes. So if you've got one of these, Sarah, you are awesome. Um, Pastor Jason's stomach is feeling great this morning. So we're going to swap these out. All right. Um, so, uh, guys, we're in 2 Corinthians 5, and then we, we take notes, and that is because we believe that worship is a participatory sport, all right? So uh, when we sing, we sing. When we pray, we pray. When we give, we give. And when we study Scripture together, we actually study. So if you got one of these when you come in, uh, came in, there's actual, like, like, notes that you can fill in the blank. If not, we do digital notes, too. Same thing. Open up the camera app on your phone. Point at the QR code. I'm going to let you get ready to study God's Word. I'm going to pray for our time in God's Word and that I don't talk too stinking fast. Uh, Father, thanks for loving us. Uh, thanks for allowing us to gather in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we want to recognize your role in our church, in our life. You are the teacher of the church. You're our individual teachers. Come now, fill us with the Spirit of Jesus and let us see Him more clearly than ever before. Teach us, guide us. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Amen. Uh, all right, guys. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 14. We're going to read through the end of the chapter. And, and the next four weeks are all about this section of Scripture. This one section, all four weeks about this one section, okay? So we're going to be kind of breaking it down. This morning may seem a little different, but here it goes. Uh, starting 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 14. It says, For the love of Christ compels us. Since we have reached this conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all uh, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. From now on then, we don't know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we had known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet uh, now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Guys, there's three things I want to share with you this morning. And, and here's the first. I want you to understand, like if you walk away with nothing else this morning, I want you to walk away with this. God loves you deeply and you are a huge part of his plan. Like, that's a heavy statement. God loves you deeply, and you are a huge part of his plan, right? And, and this series is all about us being partners in God's plan, but before we can get to that part, right, we, we have to start with the truth that all of it hangs upon, that it hinges upon, and that's the fact that God loves us, right? 
And I don't know about you, I wasn't raised in church. I had some interesting thoughts about God uh, before I began to read the Bible. And, and I'll be honest, I kind of just thought that God, uh, if there was a God, was kind of up there in the sky. I uh, definitely didn't know who I was. Definitely didn't care about my daily life. Uh, if, if, if I had any concept of God, it was that He was some um, big kind of rule follower God, right? And I knew immediately that I didn't, uh, I didn't do well with that. I had kind of broken all the rules. So I thought, like, if God does know me, he's not happy with me, right? And, and so that was kind of my concept of God until I began to hear about the God of the Bible. And here's what the Bible says about this God. It declares not just that he loves me, but that he is love. And I just want to explain the difference in that to you. Uh, because when we love somebody here on earth, um, we kind of love them when they love us back. Right? We kind of love them when they're kind to us. Uh, we're not very good when they're not. Um, so we love the people that love us. Our love is kind of like a roller coaster. Like some days we wake up, we're in a good mood, we feel good. So we're like, I love you! Other days, we wake up, didn't sleep at night, we're cranky, we're like, I love you. Right? It's a little different. Okay? And if God just loved us, then His love would be roller coasterish too. But God does not just love. God is love. It is actually who He is. It is His DNA. It's His character, which means there is never a time that God is not loving. It's just who He is. And so this God who is love, I just want you to know, He, he always loves you. And he kind of explains the way he feels about us to one of his dudes named Jeremiah in the Old Testament. So he's speaking to Jeremiah, but it really reveals how God speaks about us. And this is what it says. Uh, the Lord appears to him from far away and he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Can I just tell you this morning, that's how God has loved you. That's weird. Some of you guys up front are like 14, 15, 16, right? Like everlasting. I don't even understand that concept. God has always loved you. He will always love you. That's a, that's a, that's a big deal. That's, that's, that's a heavy fact. In fact, if you walked away only knowing one thing this morning, I pray it would be this, that God loves you. He always has. He always will. And in fact, God, in his love for you, has always planned for you to be part of his great, big, cosmic plan. See, God's working. We don't always see it. But he's, he, he's working towards an end of renewing everything. And you are a huge part of that plan. He, he says to the same prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you. This is my declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and hope. We like to personalize that and focus on us. But the bigger picture is God has a plan. And y'all, we are part of it. You are a huge part of God's plan. So I start here this morning. I, I don't know what you came through the doors thinking, feeling, thinking what God uh, thought or, or felt about you, but God loves you deeply, and you're a huge part of his plan. Second thing I want you to know is that Jesus is proof of both of those things. <laughs> right? This Jesus that we talk about here, he's proof of, of both of those things. First and foremost, he is proof that God loves you. Right? Absolutely. Most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Right? I mean, God, God loves you. Right? The, the, the Apostle Paul rightly declares that this act of giving His one and only Son for our sake, this act is proof, by the way, God does this before we ever loved Him. 
right? God does this while we were choosing to go, nah, God, don't want to, don't, don't love your rules, don't want to live your way, I don't care if you're trying to protect me, man, I want to do my own thing, I kind of want to be God of my, my own world. In the midst of us living that way, God sends his son Jesus anyway, and the apostle Paul declares in the book of Romans that, that in itself, that act of God of the universe sending his son to be born of a virgin, to live and walk here on on earth physically for 33 years, to die in our place as a payment for... It says that act on God's behalf is proof that he loves you, right? It says says this in Romans 5.8, God proves his own love for us in this. Oh, we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And here's here's the heavy part. I want to drop on you this morning as we begin this whole series is that that wasn't plan B. That has always been God's plan. He always planned for Jesus to die because he loves you. Listen to this, Ephesians 1, 4 through 6, and and hear the depth of these words. He chose us in him before the foundations of the world. To be holy, blameless, and loved before him, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself. When did this happen? Before the foundations of the world, God began this plan that his one and only son would come and die for us. Why? Because God loves us. This has always been part of God's plan. So the first point, again, God loves you deeply. You're a huge part of his plan. The second point, by the way, I don't normally preach this fast, okay? But we live in Texas, and you guys like tacos. So, (laughs) Point one, God loves you. By the way, another one, don't think I'm always going to preach this fast, okay? Don't. This is special. God loves you deeply. You're a huge part of his plan. Number two, Jesus is proof of both of those things. And then here's the third point. It's a little tough. This truth lays bare our sin, rebellion, and need for reconciliation with God. This truth lays bare our sin, our rebellion, and our need for reconciliation with God. So the good news is God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die for your sins. That's great news, right? That's the good news of the gospel. The bad news is he had to, right? That's the bad news. The good news is that God loves you so much, he gave his very best, he gave his one and only son, that Jesus willfully stepped out of heaven into humanity, that that he lived the perfect life that we couldn't, that he died the death that we deserve. Like that is all great news. The bad news is that he had to do it because of who we are, because of our rebellion. And in the coming weeks, we're like next week, we're actually going to talk about that. How, how, How in the very beginning of humanity that man rebelled against God, we're going to see that in our own lives right? But, but this is how God describes it. 1 John 4.10, he says, love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. As an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So that word atonement, if you're taking notes, um, it refers to two things. Atonement is about two things, okay? It's about covering and it's about canceling. It's about covering and it's about canceling. So uh, King David wrote a psalm and he was talking about God uh, in his holiness. And he, he writes, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his 
holy place. In his answer, he answers his own question. He says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Uh, the problem is, of course, we, we don't. And so I, I like to do something, just kind of illustration. Lights are, I, I think you can see. Can everybody see their hands? All right, so I want you to take one hand out. And I just want you to look at it. I, I can see really well. These lights are awesome up here. Okay, I want you to look at your hand. I want you to notice every line on your palm. Do you notice every line on your palm? Now, we're going to imagine that your eyes that are seeing every line on your palm, that your eyes represent God in this story. And your eyes, you're, you're up here, this is holy, holy, holy. This is the mount of the Lord. All right, and the Bible is very clear in this. It says that God is not just holy, which means perfect or set apart, but it says He is holy, holy, holy. Who can stand in the presence of God? Only He with clean hands and pure heart. So if you look down from where God sits on His throne, He can see everything we've ever done, everything we will ever do. So see all, see all the lines? Not awesome, right? If those, those lines represent sin. Okay, we're going to talk about sin in a second. That's what they represent. So what is atonement? Jesus came to atone for our sin. Step one of atonement is covering. So literally, Jesus came in the flesh. So you got one hand down here. Hold up your other hand. Ready? Jesus came in the flesh. He fulfilled the law of God that you couldn't, that I couldn't. He did it perfectly. And, 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 and then He died on the cross for us. And God said, if you'll believe in Him, I'll allow His record to cover yours. So right here. Here we go. Ready? Just right down on top. And now what you see is an entirely different set of lines. Right? All the old is gone, and all the new has come. And David says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord, and who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And now it's Jesus that is covering us perfectly. And He says, oh yes, my son, come to me. By the way, the Bible says that when we believe in Christ, we all become sons of God. That means that we all get full inheritance. Back in biblical times, women didn't get the same as men. We, get, we all get full access, full blessing. That's awesome, right? So step one of atonement is covering, but step two is canceling. You say, well, what are you talking about canceling, Pastor? Well, I'm, I'm talking about canceling debt, specifically sin debt. Because here's the bad news, right? The good news, God loves us so much He sent His one and only Son. The bad news is that He had to. The Bible declares that we have all sinned. Those lines that we're, we're saying represent sin, like that's all of us. That's our whole story. Every single one of us, right? Uh, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there's, there's a payment, there's a debt for that sin. Romans 6.23 says the wage of that sin, the debt of that sin is death. Okay? Atonement. Jesus came. What does that mean? He came to cover, but He also came to cancel. Hello? To cancel our sin debt, not just one time, but forever. Our sin debt from what we had done, but also our sin debt from what we will do. Jesus covers it forever. And this is eternally good news. So because of His love for us, God sent Jesus. Which brings us back to where we began this study. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. This is what the next three weeks now will be about. All of this is from God. Who has reconciled us to Himself through Christ. And He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to Himself. Not counting 
their trespasses, that means sins against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. The last two weeks of the series, we'll talk about how we partner with God. The first two weeks, we're going to talk about how we become children of God. And it all has to do with Jesus. That word reconcile, it means to make a right um, or return to favor. See, the Bible says when we're in that place in life that we reject God and we reject His goodness and we reject His love, at that point we're enemies to God in our mind and in our hearts. And Jesus came to take enemies and to make them children, right? Which is really, really cool. So, guys, this, this morning, we just have one application. We give you application every week, by the way, if you downloaded our notes. We also give you questions to go home and think about every week. But here's the one thing I really want to challenge you to think about this week. We'll put it on the screen. Uh, just one application point. You're going to hear it pretty much all month. So, so be reconciled to God by believing in Jesus, right? Be reconciled to God by believing in Jesus. Whether this is the first time you heard this information or it's the hundredth time you've heard this information, right? The truth is still there. The fact that Jesus had to come lays bare, lays bare that we have rebelled against God and that we've all sinned. The, the, the good news lays bare the bad news, right? And so we've got to make it good again and the way it becomes good again is we realize, you know what, I need him. I need him. Jesus, thank you for coming. Please do what you came to do. Cover my sin. Cancel my debt. Live in my life. Take control of me. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're just going to pray a simple prayer. And uh, if you're somebody here today that you would like to say, you know what, I, I want that. I, I want to be part of God's plan. I, 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 I want eternal life. I, 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 want, I want to become a child of God. Uh, it, it's quite simple. You just say, hey, God, I realize today that I'm far from you, that I need you, and that Jesus came so I could be close to you, so that I could be yours. And then we're going to say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Super easy, okay? So would everybody bow their heads real quick? Let's close our eyes. Let's go before the Lord. Father, um, thanks for loving us so much that you sent your very best, your one and only son, Jesus. King Jesus, thank you for stepping out of heaven. You are God, but you did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, so you made yourself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, dying on a cross for our sins. Thank you for that. And you did it so that we could be reconciled to God, so that we could become children of God again. Lord, we need you. Would you forgive us of our sins? Would you come into our hearts? And would you take control of our lives? In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Amen.